Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Blake Rufino. Alongside me is my counterpart and co-host, Joe DeLeon. Good morning, sir. How are we doing? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. You're muted. I've done so many shows without making that mistake, and and we go, you know, off the radar already. Uh, no, but I'm doing great, Blake. I'm excited. I'm playing some golf later. Uh, going to be a good weekend. Man, it feels like we're getting so damn close to this college football season. I know we say this every show, but the media days are coming up. Everything is right around the corner. Yeah, we are getting very close, uh, like 60-some-odd days, so two months, and then we'll have kickoff. Actually, less than that because we got week zero games, like Hawaii goes to Vanderbilt. That's going to be a damn good football game, man, Hawaii versus Vanderbilt. Hey man, Vandy's not going to be too bad now. I'm look. I'm not even joking. I'm going to watch the shit out of that football game. That is going to be. I know it's probably going to be a terrible game, and that was what sparked the strong season last year for Vanderbilt when they faced off with them. Um, but I definitely will watch the hell out of the game. Another game I think that's also week zero is the Notre Dame Navy game, unless I'm misremembering the the one that's in hey, Ireland. Do you, do you hear that? Don't don't make a comment. Don't make a comment. Are you sure? I can't. I can't make. No, go. All right. What do you? What do you have to say? Okay. Go ahead. What do you? Well, have yeah, to say? That was just the, the the sound of nobody giving a shit. What? Stop it. That used to be a historic rivalry. That it was a oh, historic yeah, yeah. rivalry. Notre Dame. Notre Dame versus Navy, and it's in Dublin and uh, in Ireland. That's a that's a great game. That is a great matchup. Don't poo poo. Why does everybody got to go to Dublin? Oh, well, I guess. Notre Dame, I guess. Notre Dame has legitimacy for doing it. Northwestern Nebraska was stupid. That didn't make any sense. There's no ties for either of those institutions to play in Ireland. Okay, I guess that makes a little sense. I, I will be honest. I am glad that we will have some football, some college football. That will be uh, fantastic. But nevertheless, that's not what we're here for. Joe, we're going to talk about A&M today. We're going to do a deep dive. And I'm going to tell you something. We're not going to agree, I don't think, on the talent part of it. I think we're going to agree on the coaching part of it. I, I still think as we do this deep dive on AM today, um, they they do have a lot of dudes, okay? And the ultimate question is going to be, can they get those dudes to perform and can they coach well enough to win some football games? It would not surprise me at the end of the year if they're 8-4, and 9-3. and three. It would not shock me because, again – I don't think people understand they have dudes, but here's the truth. You ready? You're going to say I'm biased, but it's okay. Probably. LSU's winning the West. I'm I'm surprised you somehow managed to find a way to to re-pull back in LSU into this conversation. No, I, I'm serious. I, I, I've been seeing it for three weeks since we've been on this baseball kick. Everybody's like, oh, well, LSU, they, they, you know, Brian Kelly sucks. And I'm like, What? Like I see Billy Lucci over at Texas saying we're winning the West with what? Yeah, okay, that that needs to be calmed down. If Texas A&M has a good year, it's what you talked about them going nine and three, and all the pieces fall into place. Because as talented as this roster is, and it, it, as as we're talking about here, it it's a team that's on a very wide spectrum of what they could do in twenty twenty three, but with all that talent, it's still young talent. Like, I don't know if I'm willing to invest in the stock of Texas A&M winning the West and then going on to play in the SEC championship game. They're not there yet. If yeah, they take a step not. forward, it's nine and three. And then if something big happens 
and Weigman takes that next step the following season in 2024, it won't be until that 2024 season. Well, look, and another thing is is pretty true, too. And I just want to make this well known. They lost a lot of transfers in the around the 20s, but they gained a lot, too. Okay, like <clears throat> what like on three, I'll never forget this. On three was pushing so hard that, oh, they had 20 guys hit the portal. Well, they also had like 14 dudes enter in, and they kept yeah. a lot of that same talent. So, again, can they coach their way to being a really good team? Now, Chris H says, what about their depth? I think their depth is fine. I will be honest. I, I've said this in the beginning, and I've told you this. Joe, look at what they're doing in the uh, in the trenches, okay? That defensive line and that offensive line, man. I, I Look, I'm just – they can – they can beat the dog manure out of anybody maybe not named Georgia. I, I, I am just telling you – Okay. Th- I'm not gonna take us down. The, I'm not gonna take us down the rabbit hole just yet because we're okay. gonna. I'd, I'd I'd like to get really really dive into that. But I do they see your last, point. They did it last year with freshmen. They, they 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 always have recruited the offensive and defensive line uh, very like well. You. Not like that. Not and like that. The other thing too is that they have put other guys, a lot of guys, into the NFL early in the first two days of yeah, the no, NFL that's, draft. That's they, true. they have those bodies. They have the bodies. And they can coach them up, but it's just a matter of like, do they get to that level that they can go to war with Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, all the tough teams on their schedule? Yeah, and and, and look, we'll 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 dive in deep into that here today. Let's not get too too terribly uh, much into that at the current moment. All right. Also, yeah. the Big Twelve got their D- TV deal. So, Joe, I, I made this statement, and I think that you agreed with it. Um, you know how I, you know why? Do you know why I never thought that there was just going to be a big two right now? Why? ESPN and Fox run it. If ESPN and Fox wanted it, it would happen. If ESPN and Fox don't want it to happen, it was never going to happen. And the truth is, they don't want it to happen. They've shown that they don't want it to happen. They want a big four, and they've said that they wanted a big four. Sorry, Pac 12. I mean, it got so bad yesterday that San Diego State was about to go to the Pac-12, and they were like, wait, what's the TV number? Okay, well, we're going back to the Mountain West. How awful is that? Well, wait, that was also, though, they were strong-armed a little bit by the Mountain West into staying until their current no, if contract if you're making money, if you're yeah. making money, it wouldn't have I, mattered. If I, they I, didn't need $20 yeah. million dollars last year or next year in a TV deal, that $7 million doesn't mean anything. I'm not fully read up on it as much as I'd like to be, but I do see what you mean. Like, it, it wouldn't matter if they're being strong-armed to stay in a G5 conference if there's a fat paycheck waiting for you at the no end doubt. of the rainbow. No doubt. Because, Joe, you're already getting paid about $7 million a year now, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. somewhat around the buyout, okay? Even if, you're, even if your buyout's $15 million, one year you make that up in a $20 million, you know, like you're going to have to eat it, eat some of it, but then the next year you quadruple your money, right? And so what's going on in the big, the Pac-12, I think is more of a... Right, right. I think we're on the same page that when we do talk about this, it's less of a, a thought on the Big 12 getting their deal figured out and them having a, a long-term future 
locked down. All the new teams are joining the conference. It's more concern still for the Pac-12 that they can't figure out who are the next guys, who are the next teams. Very much agreed. And also to, to wrap it up tonight or today, we're going to talk about Jordan Hall. Do you have the clip? Uh, I'll pull. I'll pull it up. So that all we, right, yeah, just yeah. have it up and ready. So when we uh, when we want to, we can we can play that. Uh, but Jordan Hall, the freshman defensive lineman, uh, had some very interesting words for the University of Florida, basically saying guys suck and you've never even taken a snap in college football. It, you, it is look, you so funny, say, though. It is so goddamn funny. It, it, it's funny, but you haven't even – you cannot tell me or tell a kid, okay, or a kid can't tell me that a guy in the NFL sucks more than you do when you haven't even taken an NFL snap – I mean, a, a college football snap. You better shut You better shut your mouth. Because I disagree with that. Jordan Hall's a dude. Jordan Hall's going to be a wrecking sure? ball there. Are you yeah, sure? He's going to be a wrecking ball for okay, Georgia. Okay, well, you know what? You know what? A lot of dudes that have gone to Georgia, you know the big-name guys. They recruited a lot of four- and five-stars that didn't turn out to be worth a shit. And you know what else? Fair. The defensive line at Georgia, they have more issues inside that room right now as we're seeing more of them with the sexual assault case, which, by the way, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, three months ago, I told you this, is the worst publication in the Southeast. Mm. they didn't even take the facts. They didn't even take the facts that the girl was sending the guy, te- the player text messages saying, and I'm quoting, I want you now. Like, oh, I wasn't, I didn't know about this whole story. Well, I knew, I knew about it, but I didn't read, I didn't well, read into the case this. because they're behind yeah. the paywall, right? Like, you, you, so you better, Stupid. you don't, you, a freshman does not get the right to say that a guy in the NFL sucks when he's playing more snaps than you. Okay, we'll get into it. We'll All get right. into it. I'm, re- I'm excited about talking about this. <laughs> well, I'm just going to let you know, from an offensive lineman to a defensive lineman, if I'm an upperclassman, I'm going to take it to his ass. <laughs> it, it does put a little bit of negative attention on the defensive line. You think? So I'm sure that, I'm sure think? that, D-line, that D-line room is going to be pissed next time they show up for meetings. No, he's going to run. I'm telling you what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Also, before we start off the show, you want to do a little trivia? Oh, I forgot. I was going to pull my own trivia, but go ahead. All right. Well, I'll get your. I'll do. I didn't. I forgot, pull, I forgot to pull it. I was going to do it, and I forgot. But you okay. Well, I'll do one for you, and at the end, you can you can give me some. Okay. Okay. All right. Some trivia. All right. Who is the who was the winning team in nineteen sixteen? The college football game, beating their opponents two hundred and twenty two to zero. Oh, Georgia Tech. All right. What were their mascot at the time, or what is it currently? No, at the time. It wasn't the Yellow Jackets? It was not the Yellow Jackets. What was it? It was the Engineers. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> that does suck. Well, that, well if, you, if you live in the Southeast and you want to be an engineer and you go to Georgia Tech, like, I yeah, think... Yeah, it's a very hard school to get into, but that is the most, uh, the most un unaggressive mascot that I have ever heard. I'm so glad that they changed that. Yeah, because yellow jackets really scare the bejesus out of us. Hey, man, uh, bees are fucking frightening. Don't it's not say. a bee. You, it's not a bee. It's a yellow jacket. Okay, you know sorry. That, well, yellow jackets. Well, and yellow bees jackets hurt. Me. They're assholes. I, yellow, again, their pronouns are ass and hole. 
they all scare me. So I, I'm afraid of them. I'm afraid of them. I'm a I'm a little I'm a bitch when it comes. I kind of feel I kind of feel like if I got you down here in the southeast, like you see a bug, you would like oh. Oh, I hate bugs. I absolutely would react like oh that. Ask God. any of my teammates. We used to have bees and yellow jackets all over our practice field. I used to run around like a little girl running away from the bees. Yes, Ask indeed. Sean, my co-host. Uh, since 2000, uh-huh. how many colleges have had a player drafted to the NFL? How many? Co- wow. Um, 150. No. Oh, it's since 2000. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. 2000. Uh, 50. No. More or less. Way more. 85. Way more. 200. Way more. 500. No, a little less. 400. Less. Okay, what is it? (laughs) 306. 306 teams have had one player drafted in the NFL since 2000. How crazy is that? I guess it makes sense because there are... We got FCS schools. You yeah, got, there's 100 FCS and there's 100 or so FBS. 120 plus. Then you got wow. Division Three. That's a good trivia fact. Thank you. All right, you want the last one? Last one, what do we got? Um, what I'm going to... I don't... I did this for you and I think this is way too easy. Okay. Which college wide receiver still holds the FCS record for the most touchdown catches in a season? Is it is it Randy Moss? No. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. There okay. you go. There we go. I, see, I, I thought you would go Jerry Rice and then Randy Moss. But uh, Jerry Rice. Missouri Valley State or Mississippi Valley State. Mississippi sorry. Valley State. You want you want a uh, you want one you want another one? Yeah, one give me more? one more and then we'll hit the break. You're going to really love this one. Okay. Which college football player from Western Kentucky University was the passing leader in 2021? Bailey Zappi. There you go. The boy, the goat, Bailey Zappi. He came on the FCS Good football job, podcast Joe. in a couple years. Good job, Joe. You did a you, – you held I know my, I know I my like shit. This. I like these trivia questions. All right, next show, it's my turn. I'll come with, I'll come with four. We'll go, we'll okay. go back and forth. All right, those were kind of easy. Don't make me look like a dummy. All right. Okay. <laughs> so talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. But before we do that, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those Facebook groups. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, Facebook. You guys continue to kill it for us. Share to those groups. Share to your own social media pages. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. If you're watching us on Fubo TV or wherever you're watching us right now, Go to our socials, follow, like, subscribe. We got some big news. I think that Joe and I will be able to announce in the next couple of weeks. It's good. Mm. Show's growing, man. Show's oh, yes, growing. It yes, it is. All right. Talk about our good friends over at Online. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about some A&M and why I think they're going to be better than what some expect, but I think there's one team that still runs the West, not named Alabama. We talk about that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live 
in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back. No, you're not. No, they're not. All right. I love every time after I say it, you're like, yeah, no, they're not. (laughs) So listen, they're, Joe, rightfully so. So listen, Texas A&M is a cult. I don't think anybody would debate that that the Aggies of Junction that the Aggies of College Station, it's a cult. They have the biggest uh, 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 enrollment in the country at 75,000. A lot of people go there. A&M is a big draw if right, but the problem is they never are. Joe, the last time they won a, a true national championship was in the 1930s, okay, or 1945, I should say, 1940, 1930, something like that. After that, Joe, they've been somewhat irrelevant. I don't understand the, oh, A&M is going to be good sentiment. I, I don't get that. Now, let's talk about this year. I I do think that they can win eight or nine games, okay? If, 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 or let me, let me, let me say it like this. I think that they have the talent to do that. I just don't know if they have the coaching to do that, okay? I think that there's a two com- – now, if Jimbo takes a step back from the offense and Petrino's able to do what he needs to do, I really do believe that they're going to be a lot better. Connor Wagman's a dude. Whether you like him, love him, or hate him, he's going to be a guy. That offensive line's got some serious talent on it. Receiver, yeah, okay, they're so poor. Let's see what they do at running back. But, buddy, they have talent. They got a five-star uh, uh, running back this past year in, in recruiting and Ruben Owens. David Hicks was a defensive lineman that they got. Chase Basantis is an interior offensive lineman that I really think they could come in and play some significant snaps. They also go into the portal, okay? And they get some decent guys. So they lost a lot, but they got some. Like, But they lost guys like Denver Harris, um, they lost guys like uh, Sam Anthony uh, Lucas, Anthony Lucas to USC, but they still have a crap load of defensive linemen. They were able to replenish. I think a guy like Sam McCall from Florida State could come in and do some serious things. Tony Grimes was a guy that I thought LSU, as an example, when he went in the portal, that they would go after. I they still got guys. They still are going to be well coached on the defensive side of the football. I don't care what happens. The only way that they get back to eight or nine wins is if offensively they're able to bust a grape. The problem is for me, I think it's the most intriguing team to some extent, but then the least intriguing team in some some extent, Joe, because it's like if I told you right now if Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley, whoever, went to A&M, and you saw the talent that they had on that roster, you would say, man, they're going to win eight, nine, ten games, maybe, because of how talented they are. But since the since Jimbo has that roster, a lot of people are like, yeah, they probably stink. 
it's it's so intriguing to me that you can have so much talent like that and not be worth a damn. I'm just being real. There's two sides to this, and as I mentioned earlier, there, there is a vast spectrum for how this team can perform. They're either going to be way better than they were last year and back up to the expectation that we had at the start of the season last year where they could challenge the West and win the West. Or they go back to what they did last season and they – I don't think they're challenging that. and winning the West, but we'll get to that. Right, right. I, and as I said earlier, I don't think that's that's possible. They can still do some damage. They can still go 9-3, and three, and they can still be at the top of the West and, and be in that conversation, but on the outside looking in. The positives here, I'm going to show the positives first, Blake. All right. Bringing in Bobby Petrino is, is very significant. I and as, as much as you, you know, you, we can laugh at the guy for some of the stupid things that has, has, has happened off the field for him, he is one of the best offensive minds in college football over the last 20 years. And what, I, what provides me a lot of optimism for what Bobby Petrino can do is taking over and helping Connor Weigman develop with good receivers, guys like Evan Stewart, that can move this offense from being lackluster and archaic to explosive. Agreed. And the biggest reason why is I, I love looking at the fact that Bobby Petrino in his time as a head coach and an offensive coordinator has had one of the most diverse groups of quarterbacks, and almost all of them have been highly productive. I look at from Ryan Mallett to Lamar Jackson to I think Jacob Shelley was the name of the guy at Missouri State that he was coaching up. There are a lot of different players of different heights, different sizes, different athletic abilities, different arm talents, that he has altered the playbook and worked around them to help set them up for success, which is the complete polar opposite of what Jimbo has done. Jimbo has said, this is my playbook. This is what we're going to run. We're going to run it. If you can't figure it out, tough shit. We're going to lose games no matter what. That's not literally what he's saying, but that's what we got last year. I think that if Petrino cracks through and he gets to call all the plays and there is no disruption, things can go very smoothly. And it is 1,000% contingent on that. But the negative side of this, Blake, I don't, I don't have confidence that that happens. There was a quote that I pulled from uh, the Texas A&M site on Sports Illustrated. I believe it was for the uh, Lindy's preview for the S SEC. And the quote was from an anonymous SEC coach. They said that, the Jimbo Fisher-Bobby Petrino marriage sounds like a nightmare on Elm Street scenario, doesn't it? I know them both, and they're both single-minded. It'll be interesting to see if Jimbo will keep his butt out of the way. Petrino is not a feel-good, Mr. Happy type of guy, but he's a great offensive mind. So what I'm learning from this is what we already kind of knew, but what it's telling me is if things go well and they can work cohesively, we'll be They're going to be fine. But they are both very, very hard-headed. And if one pushes back on the other, the, tr the train can come off the tracks very quickly, and it's already way off the tracks. Well, it's not far off the tracks with Petrino and Fisher. And Bringing me, in Petrino is getting them back on the tracks. I agree. Can, now, listen, you're not going to like this. Okay? okay. You ready? I usually don't. But here's the truth that you're gonna that you're gonna one day have to admit. Jimbo, from an X's and O's standpoint, knows what he's talking about. He yeah, doesn't know how to execute. Well, he doesn't know how to execute it. Yeah. Okay. Like he he's doesn't stubborn. know. He's stubborn. But here's why I think that it can work. You ready? 
Petrino can have the argument with Jimbo on why he's doing things that allows him to call the plays he's calling. Mm. Right? Like, I think that they see the game in a lot of the same ways, but Petrino is able to call it differently because he's been able to adapt and expand and evolve. Jimbo wasn't able to do that. But listen, if I think you're right. If they allow Petrino to run what he wants to run and with Fisher telling him what he sees, mm. I think that they can be an interesting duo, a very interesting duo because, listen, we give Jimbo a lot of crap, and rightfully so. I don't trust a man that wears a Velcro hat. I never will. But what is the real – these hats, man. Sorry, I'm cutting you off, but you and these uh, – it, it, I'm not knocking that philosophy, but I think it was one of the Name most Name a coach that's wore a Velcro hat that's won a natty. Uh, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I find it really interesting that that is your judgment of character, and I think that there are a lot of telling signs from the hats and the way that people wear them that nobody wants to analyze. It's a, it's a yeah. very good sociological experiment that no one talks about. I love it. Exactly. And look at your boy out in Iowa State. He's a psychopath. Which he is a legitimate psychopath. Okay. Anyway, I do think that it's an interesting dynamic between the both of them. But, like, mm -hmm. so listen, I don't know yet. And I don't want to break down on how I think it's going to go between Jimbo and Petrino because I really have no idea. I can hear and listen to people, oh, it's going to work. Oh, it's not going to work. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Let's just see how it happens because I think Jimbo is smart enough to know that like, hey, man, I might really need to take a step back because I don't want to lose my – I don't think Jimbo wants to lose his job. I think Jimbo actually wants to be the head coach. Here's the thing for me that, that keeps me up at night if I'm a defensive coordinator. You ready? Bro, I look at their running backs and I see Ruben Owens, Le'Veon Moss, uh, Amari Daniels, and then I look at the receivers that you talked about. I look at Evan Stewart, who had a pretty decent freshman campaign, and Anaya Smith is returning. Then I look at what they have on the offensive line. Some of them are young, but they got Lane and Robinson returning. Bryce Foster is returning. Cam Dewberry is uh, was a very talented guy. Uh, Trey Zahn was a very is a very talented guy. Oh, by the way. They have uh, Donovan Green and Jake Johnson that are at that tight end position, and we've seen that they utilize that position very well. They got guys, man. Like, they have guys. And by the way, they have a quarterback that's worth a damn. Like, they have a quarterback that is worth a damn in Connor Wagman. Look, you can say whatever you want. Dude, I, I went back last night and watched AM versus Ole Miss. The mm. kid can play, dude. The kid, I watched AM versus LSU last night, and I'm like, man, this kid can really play. Whether you like him, love him, or hate him, the kid is doing a 1990s playbook. He's doing a, a, a fake uh, bootleg. When's the last time you've seen an I formation <laughs> bootleg in college? And um, you know what the problem is? The kid was performing during that. Right, like he was performing when he did not have Joe. They were running two man routes, and he was lighting dudes up. He's lighting up LSU. He's lighting up Ole Miss. He's lighting up these different teams. And I'm like, man, what happens when Petrino gets in there and he's got a third, fourth, 
maybe even a fifth option in this route. I think that they get back to eight and four, possibly push it to nine and three. But the sentiment that I continue to hear that they're going to win the West, no, you're not. You're not better than Alabama. You're not better than LSU. And here's the truth. I don't think they're better than Ole Miss. I think the no. team to beat in the West right now is LSU, whether you think I'm biased or not. They are the team to beat. And I've agreed with you every time you've said that, so well, it pains me. Here's the problem with that. A&M's got to go to LSU after what happened last year. A&M does not win in Baton Rouge. It does not happen. So no. you're going to lose that game, I promise you right now. You're going to have to take on Alabama. You're probably going to lose that game. I don't think you have the talent to beat Ole Miss right now. I, well, let me, let me not say talent. I don't think you have the team to beat Ole Miss right now. Now, if they did, if they if, if, if A&M came third in the West, it would be the least shocking thing to me of all time. You know why? They have guys. It just all comes down to, Joe, the one thing that it comes down to, can they get out of their own way? That's it. Absolutely. And if they can get out of their – because, look, I look at them on the defensive side of the football. Shamar, Shamir Turner. Shamar Turner. Huh. Walter Nolan. Huh. McKinley Jackson. Oh, Jesus. Then you got uh, uh, Diggs on the edge. You return Edrin Cooper. You got Tony Grimes coming in. You got Bryce Anderson. You got uh, – um, um, what's the kid's name? Uh, Chapel at the other corner. Buddy, I, I will just tell you, if anybody else in the country was coaching this team, you would say that they have potential. It, it just, like, because, uh, Joe, ha, they have three first-round defensive linemen right now. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 continue your point. I'm cutting you off. Continue your point. Well, Sorry. I'm just saying, like, if this, like, if I told you, like, Joe, think about it like this. If I told you that a team in the SEC potentially – on the offensive and defensive line, had five or six potential first-round picks, first, second-round picks, what would you say? They're going to be and difficult to stop. They are going to be difficult to stop. The only problem with them is, and that, and now that we get back to reality, is the simple nature, well, Timbo's the coach that's, that's doing this with this team. That's the difference. Okay, so here's the thing. I disagree that the bias and my thoughts are fueled by Jimbo being the guy who's the I head never coach. said it. I never said I know. that. I never, no, I never, no, 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 I, I know. I know. No, well, the statement that I'm responding to that you made was that if it was a different coach, we'd be saying that they have potential. I don't think it's 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 Jimbo. It's all of the drama that happened last year. All of the you hear about all the, the locker room outbursts and all of the guys defecting and going in the portal. But that's because of Jimbo, though. Like It, it is. That it culture. Is. That's like I'm tying right. that into that, right? Right, right. But if any other coach was there and this stuff was going on, I, I think that my thoughts would be exactly the same. That's why after all the po – and I just laid out all the positives. I can't back this team. Because when is the last time that we can think of a team with the same coaching staff the year prior, it was a dumpster fire, an absolute dumpster fire. Their performance last year was worst case scenario for whatever they Brian could have done. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame. 
That brought wait 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 wait, wait. that year Notre Dame went five and seven, and the next year he's getting to the playoff. That that level of turmoil was not the same. That is not the same. He didn't oh, have so a, now that it's Notre Dame. No 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 no. Because I remember following that season very closely. It was because of significant injuries that they were dealing with. That was a very different circumstance. There you weren't hearing stories of of guys getting into it in the locker room Ryan and, and Kelly guys had his wins vacated from that year. It's not the same. My, <laughs> my, my, Blake, my point, what I'm trying to get at here is it just, it doesn't, oh, God. there is clearly last year, a lack of buy-in from the guys that were willing to leave. And it's hard to rebuild trust with a head coach. After all of that has happened. It is really difficult. Look, I have played on I a team where I felt like there was a, a period of time and my coach actually recovered from it really well. The first two years when I was at Rhode Island, we were terrible. A lot of guys coming in and out of that program. A lot of guys who just disappeared from practice one day and they went home. That kind of thing going on. I watched all that and then us transitioned to, to almost making the playoff the following year. But when there is that doubt in your mind during summer workouts that your coach is probably not going to be there at the end of the season, that is just a different mentality. How are you supposed to cohesively come together when – you see guys talking shit in the locker room. If you have anybody, even if the guys that stayed that didn't hop in the portal, if there are even a, a couple of guys that are like, oh, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if I coach trust Coach Fisher. I don't know if he can get the job done. I don't know if it, if I trust his words that he's saying to us after these practices and these workouts. That stuff is a virus. I'm not in this locker room. I can't speak for certainty, but that is one of the biggest deaths to any team is when you deal with that the following year. It requires immense reworking and changes to fix that. And I am so I concerned that I that agree. will carry over. Well, and not only that, to add to your point, you need ex extensive and this really massive team leadership, like player-led leadership. And like, who's that guy? I think Edron Cooper could be that guy. I think that the, this experienced defensive line can be the – who's going to fight Walter Nolan? That's a good point. You know, like – Well, I, well some dumbass freshman who got a big paycheck that might come in and start – Yeah, well, all of, them on the, all of them on the team got the paychecks. Now, I think this is this is two things that I heard in, in a sourcing. Number one, the guys that weren't getting the money left and the guys that are continuously getting the money are, are, are there. Okay. AM had to, some things they needed to figure out off the field, money wise and IL wise. To some extent, some of that's been fixed. But here's the thing kids aren't leaving that were getting that money. You know, like, you know, I, I was told that some kids were getting $75,000 a semester, and the kids that are making $75,000 a semester were not hitting the portal. Let's just call it like if you're making $150,000 a year, you're not leaving. Okay. I mean, we see pros all the time take big contracts to play on shitty teams. So No doubt. Like, we saw Calais Campbell go to the Jaguars. Well, they actually almost made it to the Super Bowl. But, right. I mean, he. I mean, at the time, I mean, like, they were trash water. I mean, they were Bourbon Street trash water. All yes. right. Nevertheless, nevertheless, they – again, I think – I hate to say this because it kills me from an LSU fan perspective. I just think they're intriguing now. Here's the thing that the last part where I think they go more eight and four, seven and five than nine and three. 
Ready? When I look at their schedule, they got New Mexico, I think, obviously a win. I think at Miami, I don't like, I don't trust Miami. I don't like Miami. I don't think Miami's good enough to do anything. I, I think Miami sucks. I think they go into Miami and win. They beat them last year. I think they're going to just hear me out. Don't okay. shake I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to interrupt. I think interrupt. that they beat ULM. Okay. I think they start the season three and oh. They got a tough Auburn game on September 23rd. They got a tough Arkansas game, the Southwest Classic in Dallas. Normally, A&M has run that. Like, we saw A&M win that game last year. What makes me think that they can't win it this year? Here's the problem. They got Auburn, and Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama at Tennessee, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Uh, they got ACU, but then they end the year at LSU. That's a, that's, that's a brutal stretch. The brutal stretch. They're they're lucky to come out of that with like a couple wins. Well, if they get three or four wins, they're going to have seven, eight wins total. That's a big ass. You're going to have to convince Miami's going to have to show me something before I think any that they're beating any team in the SEC. I'm just being real with you. Yeah, I mean, Tyler, I think that- Tyler Van Dyke is going to be running for his outright life like he was last year. Joe, that if go back and watch that game, go back and yeah. watch it like up front, and Miami didn't get a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. They hey, didn't. Here's well, neither did yeah, like saying M. Take saying M didn't get a thousand times better. They kind of stayed where they were because of the guys coming out and then coming in. It's it's kind of like a level – it's an equilibrium of where this roster is. I, I think that their success is going to be really contingent on if they can steal a couple games against the SEC opponents. They're, they're not beating Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, they're not Alabama. Tennessee. Dude, Tennessee might get bad fast. Yeah, that that that's a game that you get worked in. Uh, Auburn is a game that they can steal. I think that if, is if that Auburn – really a steal, though? In year one under Hugh is that really a steal? We talked about it. I'm optimistic for Auburn. Like I think that if if it's if mm. you have a new group of guys that are bought in and, and that are coming in, like that's a hard fought game, and you pull it out in the end. I, I think that it's it's plausible for for Auburn to win that game. I lean Auburn in that, but at the same time, as we're talking about here, Texas A&M has every capability to win that football game. I, I just look. They barely beat Miami. They struggled to beat Miami last year. Struggled. And this team improved a little bit. Now, if everything goes according to plan and Bobby's got everything flying, Miami, Miami's not keeping up. Tyler Van Dyke, uh, I, I, he stinks. I, and he, he's not I lean up. a little bit that the A&M got better offensively. But, and I'm just going to tell you, I think Connor Wyman's better than Van Dyke. I don't think, I don't think that people are giving Connor Wyman enough credit. I will give the credit where it's due. I really like Connor Weigman. He fits every single description that everyone looks for in the modern college quarterback that's going to be move. a top 10 He's kid. He's highly accurate. He's got a good arm. He's intelligent. He's got Mahomes in him, man. And I know that that is – everyone gets pissed off when you say that, but F you if you get pissed off when I say that because – The kid can play, Joe. Like, let's call yeah. it what it is, man. He's got some good improvisational skills. He right. can throw on the run. Like, all that stuff is, again, that Mahomes build. I'm not saying he is Patrick Mahomes, but he's got that Mahomes build that everyone looks for when you try to recruit that next quarterback. Look, I, I'm just telling you, I don't want to – here's the, here's the wild thing. You ready? I don't want to play A&M. Like, I, like, listen, 
You know why? You know why? Because at the end of the day, they are a team that we saw last year beat LSU, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the year. Joe, they're an extra point, two-point conversion away from back-to-back years beating Alabama. I, that game is, they, is such a, a they weird game, though. have guys. The, they, at they, some point, at some point, listen to me. Okay. Listen to, you, listen to me. At some point, if you're running man-to-man coverage and your dude is better than their dude, you're gonna. It doesn't matter what you call, right? Like sometimes it does not matter what you call because your dude. Let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this. Is there a better front? Is there a better front three? And not na- let's take Georgia out of it. Is there a better front three on the def- three on the defensive line than A and M? I think you can make the argument with Harold Perkins. No, or LSU. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. I think LSU matches them. Alabama ain't got that front three. I disagree. They don't. I- you think oh, uh, that in the interior that Alabama is better than AM? They're not. Yes, yes, I think that they're they're better in the name, interior. Name them. Because again, I, they're they're replacing so they're replacing the, Byron Young and you're mm-hmm. going to be sitting here. You know what you're going to say? You're going to say, "Oh, oh, Mr. Blink, Walter Nolan, McKinley Jackson, and Shamir Turner are really good, Mr. Blink." Look, I'm, I'm not like, going to No shit. I'm not going to sit here and like I can't name them because they're replacing the whole defensive line, but they have they have just as many highly recruited kids. Son and the Holy Ghost, Alabama does not have those dudes in the interior right now. They do not. I will find out really quick. I will. I will. I will have an argument with Santa Claus. When has Alabama had a hard time getting four and five star defensive linemen onto the field? When's the last time that Alabama gave up two hundred yards per average rushing? You yeah, know where those dudes are gone. They left. Georgia's beating Alabama. They are getting those interior guys that Alabama did not get. You know those who else? tackles and those linebackers are gone. Hey, you want me to take – so at S, you know this guy, and you know that I'm close with him, okay? An SEC an SEC position coach that coach – that coach, you know, I'm not going to say where he coached because it gives it away. You, you know what? You know what he told me? He mm-hmm. said – that the re- between the coaching staffs, that Saban called out Jimbo not because of NIL, but because Jimbo was taking the interior defensive lineman that Nick always got, and that's what took him over the edge. I, I'm not. I, he might have better recruits, but I'm not worried about guys getting coached up and getting onto the field. And I, I know we're kind of going down a little bit of a, a tangent, but all right. I don't know. I just think that at the end of the you need year, a lot you're to go right. on this show. And you're gonna say Blake McKinley Jackson and Walter Nolan are dudes, and Shamir and Shamir's a dude. And I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say try so hard not to. Well, the last time I I had this much conviction uh-huh. was about a team named TCU and them not being good. That's all I'm gonna say. But TCU was good. No, they weren't. No, all right, all right. Hold they on. They beat Michigan. They beat Michigan. Is, that record is Michigan in the SEC. That's not the point. They were still all one right. of the best teams in the country last year, and they're being talked about as one of the best teams in the country right. this year. All right, last last thing. Okay. Does TCU beat Tennessee, Alabama, LSU? 
No, they don't. <laughs> they, they don't. Obviously, they I, don't. I rest my case. They were still a top. They, if they were properly rated, they're still good enough to be a top ten team. And you acted like that they were an unrankable okay, team. Okay, you're right. I will admit, you're right. Okay. I rubbed it in because I I rubbed it in. Yes. You're right. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I mean. You want to transition uh, to this Big 12, or do you want to go? Uh, let, let's hit on Big 12, because I don't think this is going to be a long combo because we've talked the hell out of this thing. Like, we, we've I talked about it the agree. whole offseason. It's just it, – it's are you surprised? Let me, let me, are you surprised okay. that they got a TV deal with ESPN and Fox? Because I'm not. No, and, and I also – the timing of it, it's like, oh, that's oddly convenient. It's right when they announced the new teams. Like, this is – I would be more surprised by when that Pac-12 deal comes in and what those numbers are going to be. Like, that one's going to be like, oh, wow. Oh, some of the games are going to be on gas station TV. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> but the the Big 12, I'm not shocked. They clearly had this plan in place. Hold and on. they just needed Did to – Did you just say gas station TV? <laughs> yes. Hey, man, if you want to watch uh, if you want to watch uh, Colorado, Utah. They're going to be on the local. CW. You can watch the Flash <laughs> and Green Arrow and, or whatever the hell his name is. And yeah, uh, USC, or not USC, but the Pac-12 comes on after that. God bless it. Um, my point is, is though, <laughs> they, they were ready to announce this all at the same time. Oh, I'm sure God. that the deal was already done and in place. And the Big 12, as much as we like, we're like, oh my God, the Texas, Oklahoma are leaving. Everybody shitting their pants over that. They were the quickest to move to replace them. They said, you know what? No, we're losing two big no brands. question. We're going to go take four of the best teams in all of college football over the last 15 years that aren't already in P5 conferences, and we're going to bring them in, and we're going to hope that some of them markets. Good. I mean, Houston's a massive market, man. So is Cincinnati. And Utah. So is Cincinnati. It's got a really rabid fan base for BYU and Florida. Like as much as I crap them on the last show, like if they could be good in the Big Twelve, they could be a TCU. You know, they could be a highly ranked Big Twelve team if if things go according to plan. And there's so many recruits there. I they are aggressive, and I still don't think I'd be sh I wouldn't be shocked if they don't go and steal some of these these Pac-12 teams. That's the next. Well, phase. and here's another thing too. I, I like I've told you. I really think that Colorado is going back to the Big 12 or going into the Big 12, not back, but going into the Big 12. I, I really believe that they're doing that. So this is so when now that we have all this going out, my first thought is like it's always been in reference to Fox and ESPN control what they want to do with college football. Let's call it what it is because they have the money. And I just fully believe that they don't want a big two. I think that they know and everybody knows if you have a big four. And look, you know what we didn't talk about last time? How colleges are split down the middle. You know, like middle America to the East Coast. So from Kansas to the East Coast, okay, from Kansas to Maine, you have more than two-thirds of your college football teams, like the premier ones. Mm. And the two other real premier ones – out in the West Coast are going to mid, going to the Midwest, right? Like they're going to play all these teams in the Midwest. So I just think that they want a big four, man. And I'm going to continue to stay with that line of thinking. And I just think it's a good thing. I, Joe, I don't want a big two. I don't think a big two works. I, I really don't. So with that being – I think a big three would. I, and I, I, I know this would, is – But – Yeah. 
they don't want that, man. I, I just yeah. their actions don't line up with that. Their actions do not line. If they really wanted the Big Two, more conference expansion would be happening, and it's not happening. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I just think it's a good thing, and I think the Big Twelve is going to be okay. I don't think anything bad about it. I think they're going to be a fine, okay conference. Yeah, I, I again, I just really think that that next step for them. They're aggressive. They are really aggressive. That next step is is going to need to be, let's steal some more of these Pac-12 teams. And, and, and I, I will support that big four. I think we have too many P5 conferences, and I think that's what's leading to some, some of the issues. Well, and there'd be less arguments, not, too. Well, it's just not like everybody wants to make it like the NFL, but that's not the NFL. There's too many teams. There's, there's too many it's teams, NFL, but there's enough good teams to do it. Well, if the NFL had 106, 126 teams, okay, they would have four divisions or it's, four conferences. It's more similar to the Premier League. And I, right. I still am – Greg Sankey is one of the people who's talked about this. There's a really good book. I'm blanking on what the name of the – I can tell you what the name of the book is. The Club, which Sankey read and talked a lot about how his, his ideas on expansion are – um, inspired by the, per, the by, right. by the Premier League, and like I really think that the be- this is probably never going to happen. But the best way for for long term success at college football is to have let's say three four massive conferences, and then the G five becomes the secondary level, and then the FCS is the tertiary level, and then you can move up within those divisions. I think that, that creates more more competition. I don't have to sit through and watch. Uh, you know Tennessee Tech. Well, not even Tennessee Tech. Like, who's like just a random crap tier? Like uh, Wake Forest, usually when they're bad. Like, I don't want to watch Wake Forest unless they're competitive. And when when they suddenly pop up and say they move up, like that's exciting. It's the a story only line. thing. The only thing and the thing that we got to be careful about, okay, mm-hmm. is when you say stuff like that. It's not just football that runs all this now. I know. Okay. Like, so for an example, college, ba- I'll take college baseball. Why is LSU and Wake Forest outdrawing the NBA? You know why the ACC is not going to get rid of Wake Forest? You know why the SEC doesn't get rid of Vanderbilt? Because the bottom line is when college baseball can outdraw the NBA? Yeah. Why? Why would they do that? Why would, why would they do that? They're Good not point. going to, you know? Like, and so – basketball being the same exact thing when you have when you have a really really on Kentucky team like a really really on Kentucky team Kentucky football can suck all they want to but when Kentucky is on basketball wise they are the creme de la creme and people know that that people know that and people are going to buy in into Kentucky same thing with Duke North Carolina Michigan etc they're going to buy into that I don't want to make the, the decisions that people when they when they talk about this, they think about football as the only thing that matters. Now it does because it generates the most money. However, Joe, when you have when you're out drawing the NBA, the NCAA's got to pony up to those teams. I would not be shocked if LSU baseball and Wake LSU baseball and Florida 
bring home seven million dollars in college baseball, which is unheard of, yeah, because of the TV revenue that they made. So, with all that being said, I just think people look at it as one specific, you know, sport and don't. And Title IX is still a thing. Like we we talk about this all the time. Title IX is still a massive deal. Like you can't yes. get over that. So for it to work, you would need a completely separate football entity. And that's it. That's again why, like, I believe that Sankey continues to pull a lot of strings in the background. And and a part of the reason what what led to the the inception of the Premier League was that ability to attract TV money, and then the, the, you know the TV. TV markets and TV media companies were influencing a lot of the progression and the growth and the development of it. So it, it, it's such a complex issue. It's a fun one for the off season, but it's really difficult to sit here and project what it could be because there's so many different directions that it could go in. I agree. All right. You got this Jordan Hall thing. Yeah. Let me, let me pull it up. All right. So do you want to preface this too, so that people know, can you see it? I, yeah, I can see it. Can you turn it up? Yeah, so and rewind it and give a preface of uh what this is, who this is and what's what's going on here. So defensive lineman Jordan Hall who was a top highly recruited kid last cycle. Um mm-hmm. I watched his tape a while ago. I really like him. I think he Good fits player. Very good football player. I think he fits every single descriptor that you look for in a Georgia defensive lineman that is going to come in, wreck house, and then go on to be drafted in the first first two rounds. He was on – I don't know if there is an affiliation with the University of Georgia, but he was on this Georgia podcast with his – I believe with his teammates. And they were asking him, like, oh, I mean, what – You know the white guys in offensive lineman. Look at the mullet. He... <laughs> I mean, like, that's a full uh... dead-on giveaway. Like that guy, that guy plays left guard. Okay. I don't even know, have to know who he is. That guy plays left guard. Yeah. I could have assumed that this was, uh, uh, I, I just by looking at him, they're, they're clearly two football players. The guy on the right's too damn big to be, you know, right. pushing paperwork somewhere and, and, you know, taking engineering classes only. I mean, it, it, the guy on the left, <laughs> O lineman, he looks like if Joe Dirt ate McDonald's seven days a That's week. That's such a Georgia offensive lineman. <laughs> I mean, my man, my man is, and he's got the stash and the mullet and he's on his iPhone. He's got the, the, the flip-flop Crocs. He's got the lemon pepper steppers on. I mean, this is typical football podcast here. Yeah, uh, and I think it's – I don't know who the two guys are on the team, but um, massive human beings. Um, I'm, I'm going to check afterwards. But let's play the clip. This is Jordan Hall talking about why he chose Georgia over playing at Florida. Yeah, t- let's talk about your recruitment. What, what was the turning factor that got you to the University of Georgia? Really, Florida talked about a lot of nothing. So I was like – Georgia talk about a lot of something. They're going to put people in the league. Florida ain't put a D-line in the league since Taven Bryant. And he's terrible. So, hey, talk about <laughs> Georgia. And that's really what it was. And I really, honestly and truthfully, I've talked to way more of y'all. Yeah, so let's talk about All right. So, listen. He's not wrong. Okay? Like, he's not wrong. Jordan Hall is not wrong. But. But. You got to be careful, man. You're a freshman. Like, I, I I get that Florida has had down years, but let's not act as if. Let's. Like, that's not Billy Napier's fault. 
it's not Billy Napier's fault that Florida has been down. Because the truth is, Florida has put out a crap load of defensive linemen. Yeah. What you should be saying is, is that Kirby has put out a lot of defensive linemen, and he's proven, and Billy Napier and Florida are not yet. That's what he should be saying. Yeah. First of all, I love shit talking. I love this. I and I, you know, you, I, I know that you're probably a little more of a traditionalist than I am. That prove it first before you start talking shit. I don't care. I love beef, man. I, I think this oh, is man. awesome. Come in and talk your stuff, and and he better back it up. That's the key thing here. He better come in and back it up. And if he does, I'm gonna love Jordan Hall even more. I already liked him as a recruit. I liked him as an incoming freshman. But if he comes in, he backs it up, and he starts doing damage. I'm gonna like him even more. But here's the thing. Here's my thoughts on this, my takeaway from it. I understand that it's not Billy Napier's fault because the guys that have come out have been from previous coaching regimes and he's still just trying to get it figured out. But what I'm learning from this is like how un, like uninspiring are these recruiting trips? How uninspiring are these one-on-one -on -one meetings with the coaching staffs at Florida? I'm not saying that Florida's got like a recruiting issue because they've been killing it over the past couple of weeks in recruiting. But – if you can't sell a kid, oversell him, and, and allow him to go to Georgia, the same stuff's going to keep happening every single year. If a guy goes out of his way to say that they talked a whole lot of nothing, that to me is, is a pretty clear indicator that there is not a lot to sell to an incoming recruit. So a kid from Georgia, is he from Georgia or Florida? I, I want to say he's from Georgia. I'll check. Okay. Or he's from Florida, I mean. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think he is from Florida. Yeah, he's from Jacksonville, Florida. So he's from. He's in that area. Yeah, in the Florida yeah, area. Area. Listen, here's the. I don't mind. So I don't mind that he's talking trash to their biggest rival. You know what I? You know what? Don't say a dude in the NFL's trash when you haven't even taken a snap. That's the part that gets me. David Ryan stinks. I Joe. I'll say it for him. I haven't played hold on, in the NFL. Hold on, one, hold on one second. There is not a player in the NFL right now. Hold, really, you can say they're terrible compared to their counterparts. They are not terrible football players. He shouldn't have been a first round pick. I don't give. I don't give two flying poos what he flying Rudy poos what he should and shouldn't have been. Let's be real. That guy's in the league, and you aren't. You Is have Jordan to, Hall or me? No, meaning the Bryant guy. That guy is in the NFL, and you are not. You need to shut your mouth and know your role. So am I allowed to speak negatively on Taven Bryan? Because I Yeah, don't. you can. You can. There's a difference. Your job is to do that. Okay, like your job is to do that. But I think that everybody goes out here sometimes and says, that guy's trash. While they sit on their couch and eat honey buns, myself included, I don't, I hate, I hate, H-A-T-E, when people go out there and call a kid trash. Well, no, he's, he's a grown not, man. He's been in the NFL long enough. And look, I hate not the, trash, Joe. Like, I hate the people who make that statement without watching the tape, but I've watched the tape. I've watched the guy play. The guy's the guy's not very good. He's say he he's not very good. Don't say he's pick. trash because he's better than right now. Right now, the Bryant guy has a more established career because he's had the longer time than Jordan Hall. 
God willing, knock on wood, what if Jordan Hall doesn't make it to the league? Well, then he's going to look like a dumbass. What if he's, but like, what if he's, he's got to back up? You got to go out That's there and not back gonna up happen. first. That's not going to happen. You this don't know gonna what's going to happen, Joe. Freshmen do not have the right to go out there and talk trash to an NFL guy. I'm sorry. I disagree. Uh, I don't know, man. I think we're in such a professionalized era, especially of college football. Okay, well, let me just tell you this. When that kid plays and we go into summer workouts or in in summer camp and Georgia's offensive line is physically dominating him, I'm going to get that all-22 copy and I'm going to bring it up on this show and say, look who's trash now, mother... I think the bigger thing here is the guy, the kid's just saying, I want to be developed into Jalen Carter or then say that. Then Wyatt say that. Davis, and and I don't want to be Taven Bryan. Okay. Well I want to be say, developed. I want okay, to be coached. Well, again, well, then say that. I think he did say it. No, he didn't say that. Oh, my goodness. What? Oh, never mind. I saw this. Everybody keeps sending it to me. Uh, your buddy just announced his. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I saw that. All right, all right. Good show there, Joe. Good show. We got an announcement coming soon. Huh? Yeah, next week. Let's do it next week. All right. We'll see y'all Monday. God, it's good to be back and talking football, man. Hell yes. Got to admit. Got to admit. We'll see y'all soon. Y'all have a good weekend and good for. Oh, or, uh, are we going Monday? Maybe Monday morning. We could go Monday morning. Yeah, let, let, um, I texted you about the Monday, and then there's going to be no show Wednesday, Saturday. I'm going on my little vacay, and then we're we're back to it. Okay. Well, let's go Monday morning. Okay. Let's All plan right. for it. See y'all soon. Peace.